The Cincinnati Reds did not make a move on trade deadline day. And while some people might not like that, I don't mind it at all. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan that has turned an addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for making Locked On Reds part of your day. I encourage you, if you're listening, hit me up on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Or if you're listening or if you're watching right here on YouTube, make sure you drop a thought down in our comment section because talking Reds is what I do and I want to talk Reds. With you, Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every single day, and I've been a host of this podcast for going on five seasons now. Very happy that you made it part of your day. Steve Hoffenbaker, my co-host, is not with me today. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, good old scheduling conflicts and things like that. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds were inactive on the trade deadline, and a lot of people took umbrage with that. I wasn't one of them. I'm going to tell you why. And uh, the Reds, all right, we've, we've got to be positive here because the Cincinnati Reds have a couple of guys that are coming back from injury, including Hunter Green, who had a very positive rehab outing last night. And um, let's talk about Tyler Stevenson because it's been a rough season. And I think we're to the point where we can call it a rough season. Because there's not much left of it. I mean, there's you know a little over 50, 50 games left. There's 53 games left in the season. He's got time to turn some of it around, but there's a lot of it that I think we have to change our viewpoint of. Before we get into all of that, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is brought to you in part by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper picks, and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code locked on and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And where we are going to start today is with the trade deadline because the Reds stood pat. They uh, they traded for Sam Mole on the day uh, the, the eve of the trade deadline day. But there were rumblings, there were grumblings, there were rumors. The Reds might go for this guy. They might trade for this guy. They might get Eduardo Rodriguez. They might go get Dylan Cease. They might be a dark horse to get Justin Verlander. And none of that happened. And I think as 6 o'clock approaches on August 1st, people are thinking, there's got to be something. The Reds can't go forward without making a trade. Why not? Think about what the Reds have accomplished without their two best pitchers in the rotation for most of this year. Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo have not been part of this massive run. Hunter Green was sort of a part of it at the beginning, but his injuries largely kept him out for most of the Cincinnati Reds' success this summer. Once they come back, I'm telling you what, this team is going to be fantastic. And I, I, I've i gotten the questions. There are multiple folks that reach out to me. They're just like, man, am I being pessimistic about this? I don't think you are. And, and you're welcome to 
have some doubts, you're, you're definitely welcome to disagree with the fact that the Reds didn't do anything. The problem becomes when people feel as though the Reds not making a trade meant that they didn't try, meant that they sit on their hands, meant that they weren't doing their due diligence. In fact, Nick Kroll said exactly the opposite. I, I mean, I, I feel we've got a good group of players that, that are on the field. I think we've got a good group of young players that are playing here now. We've got some really good uh, mix of veterans. We've got guys that have started their rehab assignments that, that, are, that are coming back that you know can really help this club out. I just didn't feel that there was, there was a deal to be made with what we had to give up. Think about where this team is. And, and compare it, we, we had a crossover, this is about a month and a half ago, with our Lockdown Ro- Orioles host, Connor Newcomb. And the similarities between this year's Reds team and last year's Orioles team. Think about how much we hated last year as a Reds fan and how much we wished last year's Reds could be last year's Orioles. That's where we are this year, and sure, we're a year behind, but that Orioles team sold at the deadline. The Reds stood pat, and I feel like when we when we take a look at this deadline, I'm not advocating for the fact that the Reds didn't do anything and saying that that's what they should have done. I'm saying that because they didn't do anything, this is a good. This is part of the plan. This is Nick Crawl saying that there was nothing out there to do. If there was, he would have done it. And I feel like when we look at a deadline where the Reds didn't acquire a starting pitcher and they didn't go out and get another bullpen arm and they didn't go get some sort of depth, like everyone wants to compare it to what the Padres did. The Padres didn't go out and get any superstar name players. They didn't get any sort of like huge move the needle type deals, but they got a bunch of different dudes to help them out with their depth. The Reds are a pretty deep team. And what Nick Crawl had to say about guys coming back from rehab, I, I, I think that we are very quick to dismiss it as fans. We want to say, well, none of these guys are coming back and we can't expect them to, to come back and be any kind of good. There were some encouraging updates from last night that I'll talk about uh, here in just a few minutes, but that's not something that we can just dismiss. The Reds are going to have two starting pitchers over the next few weeks return in Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. The Reds are going to have multiple bullpen arms available to them in the next couple of weeks, probably three to four weeks. There's going to be plenty of options here. They did not have to go pay the prices And if you saw some of the deals like Michael Lorenzen, the Phillies got Michael Lorenzen for the Phillies' fifth best prospect. And I know that you can't compare the Phillies' farm system apples to apples with the Reds' farm system. The Reds had a better farm system. But still, think about it that way. Would you have traded a top five prospect in the Reds' organization for Michael Lorenzen? Look, I like what he did when he was here and I'm happy for him. He made the all-star team this year and I'm happy to see how his career has developed since he left Cincinnati. He's not worth a top five prospect. 
this market was so heavily skewed to the sellers. If you're looking for pitching that Nick crawl did not have to participate in it. If he didn't like the deal. And just as I played from that clip, he found no deals that he liked and that's fine. But it's, it's the people that believe that because the Reds didn't make a trade, they didn't even try to make a trade. That is completely wrong. And Nick Crawl has built this team to where they are right now, and I trust him to know that the Reds standing pat was the right move. And he didn't try to force a square peg into a round hole. That's kind of where I'm at with this, and I feel like it's fine. I feel like the Reds still have a shot to win the division. They still have a very good shot of making the playoffs as is. And once they get these guys back from injury, sky's the limit, dude. The Brewers needed help with their lineup and they needed help with the run scoring. They really didn't go. I mean, they they, they got Mark Canha and they got Carlos Santana. But are those guys really going to light up the scoreboard? No. I, I feel as though the Reds are still the best talented team in the division. And I think we're going to see it play out. And I think the reds are going to win this division. I, I, I think it's funny that people went so scorched earth with the fact that the reds did not make a trade because Nick crawl's done some good things with this team. They, he's done a great job of uh, putting together this roster, but also he understands the guys who are coming back from injury because there were a lot of good reports on some guys who are coming back from injury and and in some rehab outings they had last night. We'll get into that coming up next. But first, I want to tell you about Sleeper. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Sleeper. And look, if you're like me and you like to make daily picks based around the games and, and, and players and their performances and things like that, but you want to make more money on those picks... You need to head to Sleeper, where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more daily fantasy baseball picks. Sleeper is now offering up to a 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests. Choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like homers and strikeouts, hits, and and more. Pitching statistics as well. Get your picks right and you could win big. If you think Joey Votto is going to bang, you should smash more on the homers. If you think Ellie's going to run, smash more on those steals. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. They also have safe and fast withdrawals when you want to get your money. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll also get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's Terms of Use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Coming up on tomorrow's podcast, how can the Cubs and the Reds series end? Because four games kind of lends you to believe it might be a split, especially after the second game. Look at that. We went a whole segment without mentioning how bad that game was last night. How about it? It, it was pretty bad. We'll briefly mention it here in a minute. But uh, make sure you check us out tomorrow as we will have on uh, some 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 thoughts about this series. 
And if you can't make it up to Wrigley Field or whatever the ballpark is that the Reds are playing in, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. All right, so last night there were some very encouraging performances by guys on rehab starts, starting with the name, the man, everybody wants to talk about, and that is Hunter Green. Hunter Green had a rehab outing in Arizona last night. He pitched two shutout innings. He allowed one hit, and he had three strikeouts. He is uh, kind of getting that rehab stint going. So two innings, you, you figure he's probably going to work it up. I saw a report that said we're probably going to see him around August 17th. August 17th might be the earliest possible date that we see him back with the Reds. But let's uh, let's look at that now. That's two weeks, a little over two weeks. From now, you can expect Hunter Green uh, to be back in the Reds rotation. And his first rehab outing in Arizona was encouraging. And the way that the Reds have kind of done this with their pitchers is that, yeah, they go to the complex, they throw some innings, they get their pitch count up, then they move them to AAA, get them in front of almost Major League talent, to kind of get their final legs of the rehab going. He looked fantastic, and the reports have all been good that he is strong, the hip is good, he's ready to roll. So we'll see exactly how long it takes him to roll up. Hopefully there's no setbacks during his rehab uh, stint, whether it be in Arizona or whenever he gets to Louisville, because it is important. It is very important that the Reds get Green and Lodolo back. We saw it last night. Ben Lively has pitched very admirably in Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo's absence, but um, kind of came to a head. It's a nice way of saying it. On Tuesday night, historic night. Uh, first pitcher, I think they said, I think uh, the ESPN stats and info tweet said since 1913 to allow 13 or more earned runs and have four or more homers allowed in a start. That was, oof, he got, he got beat up on Tuesday night, but this is, this is a reason. And him and Luke Weaver are the reason that you're looking for green and Lodolo to come back soon. Lodolo has not started his rehab outing just, or his rehab stench just yet. Hunter Green, though, looking good. Another guy who just started his rehab stint, Vladimir Gutierrez. Now, it's very obvious to me, and I, I, I think that maybe next season we see him compete for a spot in the rotation, but they're ramping him up to be a relief pitcher. He threw a perfect inning with a strikeout in Arizona last night. I think the the greatest value that he can have to the Reds in 2023 would be that of a relief pitcher. It'd be interesting to see Goody in the bullpen, that fastball and that slider working. I, I think I think we could see uh, good Goody back in the bullpen instead of bad Vlad, uh, like we saw right before he had uh, Tommy John surgery. And then you also had Casey Legumina in Louisville. He threw a perfect inning for Louisville last night good depth piece for the bullpen. The Reds have multiple guys coming back and TJ Antone. He did not pitch last night, but he is rehabbing as well. And hopefully we see him back here soon, but the, the Reds have the kind of depth that whenever they're healthy, I think people forget about 
And it's because we have seen the likes of Luke Weaver pitching every fifth day. And we've seen different guys roll through the bullpen like Daniel Duarte. He was sent down whenever Sam Maul was called up or Sam Maul was activated after the trade. And I think that, you know, Fernando Cruz, he, he got roughed up on Tuesday night's outing or Tuesday night's game against the Cubs. He's kind of a guy that I would say, okay, if Casey Legamina is ready to go, I think I'd rather see Casey Legamina than Fernando Cruz, uh, especially if TJ Antone gets ready to go, rather see him than Fernando Cruz. But you're really starting to get to the point where the Reds are going to have to make some hard decisions in the major league level, and that's a good thing because it feels like they've kind of been hanging on uh, for dear life here over the last couple of weeks on the pitching side of things. They've, they've gotten such great performances from different guys throughout the season, but now everyone is starting to get to the dog days of summer. They're starting to get to that doldrums of the MLB season where it's like, all right, Alex Young has never pitched this much. Alexis Diaz is getting to the point where he's never pitched this much before. Buck Farmer has never been in these high leverage situations as many times as the Reds have put him in. Ian Jabot, forget about it. He's never had a season like this. All of these guys, regardless of how many actual years of experience they have in Major League Baseball, have been thrust into roles that they're not used to. And as amazing as it has been to see them perform, the Reds need to have their depth back and, and they're getting these guys back from rehab and, 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 and pitching very well on their rehab stents. It's very encouraging to see Hunter Green's first start there in Arizona be so good because with what he's dealing with, the hip injury and things like that, you kind of wonder a little bit, what does that mean for his future prospects? We'll see how he feels in the days following his his rehab outings hopefully there are no setbacks or anything like that and we'll get him back in the rotation very soon because pitching depth is key for any team regardless if you're contending or not and with the reds now having played 109 games we're getting into that point of the season where the teams with the pitching depth really start to shine and the teams that are shallow they start to fall off I don't think we'll see that with the Reds, and I think a lot of that has to be with these guys that they currently have on rehab. You know, there's been a guy this season that we expected, I mean, we expected so much out of Tyler Stevenson this year. I firmly placed him as the team's best hitter. Certainly hasn't been that, and we're going to dive into the numbers coming up next. Before we get into that, I want to let you know, you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. And thanks as always uh, for joining us in between episodes. You can keep up with the Reds on our Lockdown Reds Discord page. we got a link down in the description of this episode. Highly encourage you to join that great group of folks talking Reds baseball there. Plus, you can follow me on subtext. Great way to get the Reds news that you need fit fast uh before everybody else uh check it out today i got a link in that in the description as well for subtext uh be happy to have you tyler stevenson has had a rough year and i'm pretty sure if you talk to him about that he would say the exact same thing the numbers that he has put up are far from 
what anyone expected. And I even saw some prediction uh, formulas and systems or whatever they're called that weren't necessarily bullish on his power, but still had him hitting for a decent average. Obviously this year, the power has disappeared. One of the statistics that we use when we're looking at hitters and and isolated power, it's a crude way. It just takes, you know, a hitter's slugging percentage and it subtracts the batting average. So it only gives a number for extra base hits. His ISO power, his isolated power this season is 110. Up until, uh, up before this season, the lowest isolated power he had was 146. He's just not slugging. I mean, his slugging percentage as a whole is 359 for the season. And I'm not necessarily sure how you can explain all of this, I, I know for a fact he's hitting far more ground balls this year than he has in years past, but that doesn't explain what has led to this, what has led to the power sapping. Was it moving around different positions, uh, DHing and playing the tiny little bit of first base that he did early on in the season? But even then, defensively, behind the plate this year has been his worst season. Now, Granted, we're talking about a guy that still has not played two full seasons worth of games. He has 288 games under his belt. So even if he played every day from now until the end of the season, he would just barely eclipse that two full year mark. And so he's firmly within the sophomore slump category because of his injury, because of his first year being called up in 2020, being the shortened season, he just hasn't had the ability to play a full season. In 2021, he played 132 games. That's just slightly less than the next two seasons combined. He only played 50 games in 2022, as we all remember well. He has played 98 games so far this year, which is why we're to the point of concern. According to Fangraphs, he actually has a negative wins above replacement overall, minus 0.4. It's very slim, but still, that's saying that the replacement level catcher is better than Tyler Stevenson. Coming into this season, I had him pegged as the obvious cleanup hitter. I had him pegged as the Reds' best hitter. And I think, and I... I, Probably should have actually gone back and looked at this to make sure. But I'm pretty sure I said he was the Reds' most important player. Now, we did not expect the amazing emergence that has been Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McClain and Spencer Steer and all these guys. We we were cautiously optimistic. But we thought that Tyler Stevenson would be the rock in the middle of the order for this team. And now... He's batting at the bottom of the order, and nobody, including myself, is blinking an eye at that because it's obvious. What player on this team are you batting him ahead of? 
I really think that there's still something there for Tyler Stevenson. And I don't know, again, I kind of go back to all of the positions switching around. And at the beginning of the year, we thought, hey, this is a good idea. We're going to keep him out of harm's way or at least try to limit how much he's in harm's way behind the plate and things like this. And maybe we can limit the uh, health risks and all this and keep him on the field, keep his bat in the lineup. All that seems to have done is just hurt him hurt his production, turn him into a pretty normal catcher. Most catchers kind of have the statistics that he has. In fact, some have better slugging, including Luke Maley. This one kind of surprised me a little bit because uh, technically Luke Maley is having a better year than Tyler Stevenson. Nobody saw that coming. Maybe a little bit of a microcosm of the Reds team as a whole this year. Nobody saw how good they were going to be. But saying that Luke Maley has had a better year than Tyler Stevenson, that would have been a bold prediction that would have ran. People would have ran you out of town if you made that bold prediction. But that's what's happened so far. And he's got 53 games to kind of turn it around here and see if you know, see if he can bounce back, if he can get the power numbers. But I remember saying this back in May that if he hits a couple of home runs here and before June, we're, we're talking about a dude with five to 10 home runs. We're not worried about him. I'm pretty worried about Tyler Stevenson. He's only got seven home runs and we're it's August 2nd. And a guy that we thought, Steve said he'd hit 30 home runs this year. Mm. <laughs> like, man, I, I, I'm very much looking forward in the offseason to getting him on the podcast and kind of talking about this year and just working through mentally what he has been going through. Because until we actually hear it from him, I don't necessarily know what it is that has affected him so much. For all intents and purposes, he's healthy. It would be malpractice for the Reds to continue to roll him out there if he's not healthy. But did that did, did the recovery from the broken collarbone just change him that much? It, it's really hard to say, and I look forward to talking to him more about this, but it has been a down year for Tyler Stevenson, and it's very possible he's just going through a sophomore slump. But at the same time... This kind of makes you wonder at the future of the catcher position for the Reds because there is nobody that's really close to coming up. As much as I love to say the name Daniel Veoheen, I haven't heard a peep about him this year. Logan Tanner, Matt Nelson, not a whole lot going on there. So when it comes to the catcher's position for the Reds, there's not a lot of depth. And it's kind of all on Tyler Stevenson right now to figure this out. And sure, there's going to be people that look at this and say, well, Jeff, Tyler Stevenson overall, like his, his OPS plus is still pretty comparable to Tucker Barnhart. His defense isn't anywhere near comparable to Tucker Barnhart. And Tucker Barnhart was a defense first catcher. So I don't want to talk about his hitting statistics being close to Tucker Barnhart because that's not where we want them. 
We were talking about this dude to be a cornerstone of this lineup. And he is anything but that right now. And I really hope that he figures it out soon because I love rooting for Tyler Stevenson. Love gotten the chance, uh, love to have, you know, been able to talk to him in, uh, this past offseason, looking forward to hopefully getting to talk to him again this offseason to kind of just wrap up the season for his performance and his perspective because it's been a rough year for him. And we have not seen the Tyler Stevenson anywhere near what we expected. But I'll tell you this, Brandon Williamson's on the mound today. And the Reds have a shot to beat the Cubs because, yeah, sure, whatever. The Reds scored, or the, Red, or the, the Cubs scored 20 runs on the Reds last night. The Reds still scored nine. And, yeah, that's still a loss. Feeling pretty good about the Reds. I mean, look, you, you can lose 20 to nine, but you know what that is? It's one loss. Red's got a shot to get back in the win column here today. And that's how we're going to end today's podcast. Before we get out of here, remember, you can always catch every pitch of the Red's hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Red's. And thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Red's your first listen every day. Every day is coming up tomorrow on the show. Steve will be back, and we'll be talking about this Cubs series. How do the Reds get out of Wrigley feeling good about themselves after losing 20 to 9? It's going to be what we look at on tomorrow's Lockdown Reds. But until then, make sure you keep it Lockdown Reds every single day.